the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. All right, it's Friday. Welcome into the Bruce Woolley Show. I'm Jack Windsor, editor in chief of the Ohio Press Network. Filling in for Bruce today, you can find our stuff at theohiopressnetwork.com. Friday, November 17th, 2023. That means two things. First, it's Open Line Friday. So call me at 844-825-5989. That's 844-TALK-989. We'll talk about anything on your mind. Now, one listener last night said he wanted information on how to replace his state representative I don't know. Maybe he'll call in. I'm interested to hear uh, what he's after there. I've pinged uh, a few Big Walnut school board members about a meeting last night that I'm sure you'll hear and read more about in the days ahead. I do believe we'll have Zach Duffy at about 1222, and he's going to give us his perspective on that meeting last night. Now, the short of it is, the board was considering the ban of LGBTQ plus flags and uh, also looking at striking down the ability for masks to be mandated as we roll into flu season. And it appears the meeting may have gone sideways in some respects, or at least actually I got a text this morning and said there were fireworks last night. So we'll hear uh, from one of the board members a little later in the show. And then we'll take a look at the Columbus Dispatch story, too. Now, of course, we'll have to interpret the facts from what will likely be a biased, one-sided story. Sorry if that hurts your feelings. I could be wrong. I could be wrong. I haven't read it yet, but we'll crack that story open together and step through it. Uh, Just a minute ago, I said it's Friday, and that means two things. First, Open Line Friday, but it also means Flower Friday and Gift Friday. Now, for those of you who don't follow me on Facebook, you're probably going – What is he talking about? You have no idea. But those of you who do, like they say, if you know, you know. And I mention it here because several of you who are listening are connected with me on social media. And because one reader of the Ohio Press Network and a friend on social media has asked a couple times, why do you do Flower Friday? When did it start? And uh, so I'll tell you a little bit about that, a little bit of a, a personal story at some point here during the show and then uh, tell you how that turned into gift Friday as well. And uh, speaking of a little later, set an alarm for 1135 because at that time until about 1145, Ohio secretary of state, Frank LaRose will be here to talk about the latest polls in his race for the Republican nomination for us Senate, how he fares against his fellow GOPers, And of course, uh, the Democrat stalwart and candidate, career politician, Sherrod Brown, uh, will also – I feel like I can't even say his name without having a long sleeve shirt on with the sleeves rolled up and you know my hair totally in disarray and unkempt. Uh, 
But uh, we'll also talk about what Democrat-friendly newspapers are making about LaRose missing a federal filing deadline for the race. Uh, So you won't want to miss that segment. Now, I teased this topic last night. It appears the right-leaning Washington examiner is signaling what may be the ploy to defeat Donald Trump in 2024 and undermine conservatism and populism going forward. I'll explain all of that today. In the story in question, there are some hints about how the 2024 race for the White House will be reported on by mainstream corporate outlets and how rhino Republicans will talk about Trump and the conservatives in the party. Uh, Plus, the the story gives a, a real subtle but noticeable and scary glimpse into how progressives in both parties, and yes, they are in both parties, and how global Marxists, and yes, they are in both parties, will attempt to usurp the authority and power of the U.S. Constitution and undermine our representative republic, which is built around that Constitution. Uh, yeah, it might be a little, feel a little bit like a, a tinfoil hat moment. Uh, But I'm telling you, words and actions are a barometer. And when you read some of the language in the story, it's pretty revealing. Uh, But before we get to all that, let's talk about Sarah Hill. Who? Sarah Elizabeth Hill. Now, she's a Cherokee and American attorney who served as the attorney general of Cherokee Nation from August 2019 to August 2023. Now, in August 2023, she went into private practice. And she was the tribe's secretary of natural resources between uh, 2015 and 2019. Uh, She's the nominee right now to serve as the United States District Judge of the United States District Court for the Northern District of Oklahoma. Hill, quote, made history, end quote, by being the first Native American woman nominated to serve as a federal judge in Oklahoma. Joe Biden announced his intent to nominate Hill to fill a vacancy on the court. Now, her nomination, interestingly, was endorsed by Senators James Lankford. He's a Republican. And Mark Wayne Mullen, another Republican. Now, Mullen was in the news big time yesterday, and we'll talk about that when we discuss that Washington Examiner story. But uh, back to the Hill nomination. Hill was praised by Cherokee Nation principal Chuck Hoskin Jr. for being diverse and bringing diversity to the federal judiciary. Now, of course, Joe Biden, who chose Kamala way to D.C. to cackle Harris as a uh, vice president because she's black, also committed to getting a black woman on the Supreme Court. Now, to be clear, to be clear... Black woman, men, or any race, doesn't matter. And to me, that should not be the determining factor in choosing a qualified candidate. Now, I recognize by saying that, I have flagged myself as a white Christian nationalist. (laughs) And I I can hear the left-wing members of the press with their label makers out there right now. You know those little label, label guns they have in supermarkets, right? I, they're already poised, man. They're ready to stick me with the the label imprinted with that moniker. He's a, he's a he's a white Christian nationalist. Uh, but I want to remind you, 
Biden's other prominent diversity hire happened to be one that was nominated to sit on the bench of the highest court in the United States. Uh, do you remember Justice Katanji Brown Jackson? Uh, this this is something that I want to <laughs> uh, tie in with the uh, discussion of the other federal judge. Do you remember her being asked during a Senate hearing to do something that, well, if you follow the science, is, is pretty easy to do? Define what a woman is. You know, women have a set of XX chromosomes. Men have a set of XY. Uh, but that's too simple. That's too easy for you and I to discuss. Uh, here, here's, here's Katanji Brown answering the question of uh, what is a woman. Can you provide a definition for the word woman? Can I provide a definition? Mm-hmm. No. Yeah. I can't. You can't? N- not in okay. this context. So I'm not a biologist. Of- uh, not in this context. I'm, I'm not a biologist. I'm not a biologist, Senator. No, you're not. But now you're a Supreme Court justice. Shockingly. Uh, flash forward now to yesterday. And uh, Sarah Hill, actually it would have been Wednesday, so two days ago. Sarah Hill was being vetted by the U.S. Senate, and she was asked during the hearing by a Republican senator, uh, John Kennedy of Louisiana, about legal standards and definitions. Now, Senator Kennedy is an attorney, and he first asked Hill to define collateral estoppel, which is a standard preventing relitigation. And the attorney claimed the bright lights of the moment made it difficult for her to respond. And so she went on to say, my 20 years of practice has primarily been dealing with issues relating to criminal law or other areas of the law. Well, Kennedy later inquired of Hill if she could tell him the difference between a stay order and an injunction. A stay halts further legal proceedings. An injunction is a court order that directs or demands the conduct of a party to prevent harm. And the court in an injunction is basically saying, do this or don't do that or else. Now, to be clear, I'm not an attorney. However, I did consult with one who writes for the Ohio Press Network, and and that's a pretty simple description. And you would think that a simple description is what you would get from Sarah Hill, Hill, but uh, here's her answer to that question. The difference between a stay order and an injunction. A stay stay order would prohibit... um, Sorry... And an injunction would restrain the parties from taking action. A stay order, I'm not sure that I actually can can give you the... Okay. That. Hill's praised as, as a wise and welcome nominee that represents the diversity of Oklahoma. Uh, did you ever believe we'd get so far down the road with progressive ideology and education that this is what we'd be dealing with? Uh, more on this on the other side of the break. What's the difference between a stay order 
and an injunction. The difference between a stay order and an injunction. A stay, a stay order would prohibit. Um, sorry, an, an injunction would re- restrain the parties from taking action. A stay order. I'm not sure that I actually can can give you the. Okay. That. A simple description is what you might expect from an attorney general who's being nominated for a federal position, uh, particularly the United States District Court for the Northern District of Oklahoma. And that is one of three federal courts in Oklahoma. Uh, You'd expect then, given the power and purpose of the court, that there are cases for which parties seek a stay or an injunction regularly. So knowing the difference would seem like table stakes, you know, the ante to be considered in this selection game. And I asked uh, almost rhetorically before we went to break, and I'll ask again, did you ever believe we'd get so far down the road with progressive ideology and education that we'd have a SCOTUS justice unable or unwilling to define the term woman and a nominee for federal judge who cannot tell you the difference between a stay order and an injunction. I said earlier in the week, the blue poisonous progressive pill has been a medication that professors and educators have taken for decades. And that pill has forever changed their cognitive ability, how they think, how they feel, and how they act. So when these instructors, professors, and educators are in front of kids in elementary school, high school, college, law school, they are thinking, teaching, and acting like social justice warriors, not teachers, not purveyors of wisdom, but people who want to create little activists. This is the result. So when you see Donald Trump on trial under the citation of violating a, a very broad statute in New York that essentially says you, you can be tried for fraud even if there's no damage. Um, and you have someone who brought the case who campaigned on, I'm going to get Trump, and a judge who has made disparaging remarks about the 45th president presiding over the case and not yet recusing himself. And you ask, how did we get here? This is how we got here. And this is why we're going to talk to Zach Duffy in hour number two. And this is why we're going to confront the CNN article that tries to demonize Moms for Liberty. Because that is the battlefield where all of this changes. 
the minds of our young people. And right now, the minds of our young people are being controlled by activists who are financed by unions, government unions. I want to use this opportunity to tell you about the Freedom Foundation because the Freedom Foundation has been helping free government employees from union bondage for uh, since the Supreme Court made the Janus decision and, and even before that. And, uh, you know, they wrote a really important piece that I think is, is, is critical for you to consider right now. Because elections are over and once again, conservatives are complaining about being outspent. Tom McCabe wrote this. He said, after elections like the one earlier this month, Republicans and conservatives always whine about being outspent by the other side. And indeed, they're usually correct. In the biggest political battles in 2023, conservatives were pummeled in fundraising in Kentucky, where there was a governor's race, Pennsylvania, Supreme Court race, Virginia, the legislature, uh, which was razor thin margin, by the way, that everybody acted like, uh, you know, radicals ruled the day. And then in Ohio with the abortion initiative. Not surprisingly, Republicans and conservatives lost every one of these races. But why are conservatives always shocked they got outraised and outspent? Government unions are the number one contributor to liberal causes and candidates, and the unions are monolithic. They give to only one side. Business groups, on the other hand, give money to both sides, and he calls it Spreading peanut butter. Everybody gets a little bit. Unions are not going to change their habits, and neither are business groups. Over the past nine years, the Freedom Foundation lawyers have deposed several union leaders. And in some of these depositions, the one thing has become clear. Union CEOs handpick their board members, and they tolerate no dissent. One SEIU president stated that for 10 years, every vote by his board was unanimous, and every vote was to give 100% of their money to Democrat candidates. Business groups are not monolithic. CEOs of business trade associations don't handpick their board members, and their boards are comprised of R's and D's, conservatives and liberals. So naturally, these groups give money to both Republicans and Democrats. But you must recognize the deck is stacked against conservative candidates and causes. The only solution, the only way to level the playing field is to limit the amount of funds unions have to spend on politics. And you do that by going to optouttoday.com. That's optouttoday.com. You can see there how simple and seamless it is to opt out of your union. You'll save, on average, $1,100 per year. And uh, better yet, you'll keep money from union bosses who are indeed monolithic. So thank you to the Freedom Foundation for their support of the Ohio Press Network and for the work that they're doing to educate government employees and, of course, our listeners. Uh, you got to kill the funding beast if you're going to win the war. More uh, with Secretary of State Frank LaRose on the other side of this break. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn. 
deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.